We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Settling the Score podcast. I'm your host, Colin Settle, and boy, oh boy, do I have an exciting episode today. I Sports are back. That is, that is the theme today. That's the one thing that I was going to be talking about. The NBA is back in their whole bubble protocol, you know, everything that they're doing there. The MLS is back, the MLB is back, and there are some other football things that I was going to talk about, but I just kind of wanted to do sort of an around the around the league type update here just to give everybody a little bit of information just on what's going on throughout the different leagues. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully things will get back to normal by the time fall rolls around. So to kick things off, the first thing that I talked about here, I'm just going to jump right into it. That's what we're doing today. We're going to start with the NBA. The NBA returned. They had their bubble protocol thing. They all came back. They were all kind of separated in their in their, uh, their little groups or the bubbles as they called it. They got to practice with the team and all this other stuff, and they're back. And I've, I've gotten to catch a few games, and honestly, the be- one of the better parts, aside from, you know, sports being back, is I think, I think the courts look absolutely fantastic. The way that the NBA has been able to, you know, allow teams to play without, you know, obviously being able to have fans, you know, in the stands as, as we've been talking about throughout this entire process over the last few months. You know, that's what we thought was going to happen. That's what I thought was going to happen. You know, I, I'm not surprised, but... The, the look that it has, I think it looks really good. They still have players kind of separated. You know, the, their benches are kind of staggered. You know, the players are separated. But, you know, it's working. It's working. We have basketball and we have other sports now. You know, it's, it's hard to tell what things are going to look like over the next few weeks, month, months, however long this is going to last. Hopefully, we can just return back to normal. There was an article posted on the Forbes website earlier talking about the NBA season restart schedule July 30th through the 14th is going to be the regular season with seeding games and August 15th through 16th is the playing tournaments and then August 17th the playoffs are starting which coincidentally is the same day that K-State returns to class and I'll talk about that here in a little bit too but August 17th is when the NBA is scheduled to start their playoffs, as reported in this Forbes article from a few hours ago. August 25th, we're going to have the NBA draft lottery. August 31st through September 13th is the conference semifinals. September 15th through September 28th is the conference finals. And then on September 30th, the NBA Finals begin all the way through October 13th, which is the last possible date for Game 7 of the NBA Finals because then, literally three days later, on October 16th, the 2020 NBA Draft will take place. October 18th, free agency begins, and the December 1st will be opening night for the 2020-21 season. And things are things are ramping up, and that was something that you know I was afraid of. I don't remember if I expe- expressed it 
you know, specifically, but, you know, with all these sports that typically happen in the spring getting pushed, pushed to the fall, you know, that was one thing that I was afraid of, is that, yeah, we're going to do this in the fall, but then we're just going to have two back-to-back seasons. What is that going to do to the athletes? And that's the one thing that scares me the most, and it's something that, you know, I've talked in the past with, you know, John Kurtz about, with Ryan Gilbert, stuff like that, to where can athletes' bodies handle the type of stress being put on them right now? Or with what we're thinking it's going to be? Look at, Especially looking at, at this tentative NBA season right here in front of me that I'm that I'm taking a look at. But I I think it's possible and I think it's doable as long as, you know, everyone's following protocols to stay healthy, staying, you know, using, you know, social distancing, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it, right? To be able to stay healthy and not get the good old Rona that we've all become so used to now. I think as long as we can stay or the players can stay, you know, us as well as, as fans. But if we can, as players, stay healthy as well, I really think things will kick back into normal. And, you know, it's just, it'll it'll take a lot of stress on the athletes, which is, you know, the most concerning part for me. But I think if we can push past all of this into, you know, January after the end of the year... I think that it'll everything everything will be back to normal. Hopefully. I'm hoping so. In this Forbes article, they also talked about some of the standings right now and what that might look like. The Bucks and the Lakers are still on top of the Eastern and Western conferences respectively, with the Clippers and Raptors both being a few, you know, five and a half, six games back there. But who knows? Who knows what this is gonna look like? You know, as of right now, the Lakers are in the lead for, you know, championship odds followed by the Clippers, Bucks, Rockets, you know, and going down the list. But I'm still concerned that, you know, maybe we won't even make it that far. Who knows? I mean, I know I know I just said all that all that other stuff. And I don't want to contradict myself. But we just have to be prepared for the worst in that maybe this all just falls apart, even though I don't think it will. That's just what worries me the most is that all of this is just going to collapse and then we'll have a domino effect and everything else will just fall apart with it. But I think if the NBA, cause that, you know, they're one of the bigger leagues right now, not only in the U S but around the world, if they can get through this without a hitch, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Speaking of other leagues, we're jumping around here. The MLS is back. Soccer is back. If you haven't been paying attention, I'll catch you up a little bit here. You know, they're doing their seeding matches here just to kind of, you know, you know, to figure out where to place people for, for the championship. So you have groups A through groups F. The leaders in those, Orlando City and Philadelphia in Group A, are both tied at seven points respectively. Toronto FC and New England both have five points respectively in Group B. If you're a Sporting KC fan, get excited. You are one game up 
in Group C. Portland is two games up in Group D. Columbus is up three games in Group E with nine total points to Cincinnati following them with six. And then finally in Group F, San Jose is up seven points followed by the Seattle Sounders who have four. Now, watching the I've caught a couple of these games as well. Like and that's and that's one thing that, you know, I brought up in the past too is we're going to have all of these sports. So how hard is it going to be to watch all of these at the same when they're all happening at the same time? So I'm having to jump back and forth, you know, trying to trying to keep up with what is everything just going on right now. So I mean it's good it's good for us fans. We always have, you know, sports to watch, but it's hard to catch every little thing that's going on with with everything happening at once. But I do I do think that the MLS is going to be able to survive, you know, soccer. I feel like soccer has a little bit more lenience than the NBA does. You got a bigger field, you know, people are spread out a little bit more. I think that there's a little less risk there with the MLS than there is with the NBA. But like I said, if the NBA can do it, I think any of these other leagues, teams, sports can can get it done. I think the NBA is going to be the patient zero here, if you will, to see if we're going to be able to, to get through this through, you know, the second half here of 2020. But it's exciting. You know, I... I'm not a huge soccer guy. I'll watch it when it's on, but it's exciting that we have sports. The next league that I wanted to bring up here is the MLB. And now the MLB is the only one that could be in a little trouble here. Now, the Miami Marlins, it came out that they had 13 players tested positive with Corona. And this could be troublesome, you know, what what does this mean? In you know an ESPN article they were talking about they they've they've already been in contact with some other teams whether it's it's directly or indirectly these teams being the Phillies out in Philadelphia where they played them the Yankees who were they were supposed to end up playing the Orioles and you know they were supposed to end up playing the Mets and the Braves as well. So, who knows? Because it, it's it's hard to say. Because what if, you know, you're the away team, if that happened to be the Marlins case, you come in as the away team, you know, you leave the next series, another away team, let's, just for instance, you know, saying that the Marlins played in Philadelphia against the Phillies. You know, what happens if, you know, those players have it, and they enter that opposing locker room, they leave, and then the very next week, another opposing team comes into that locker room. What happens then? You know, every, every not every person, but you have a very high risk of getting it indirectly just by being in the same locker room. And that's the biggest issue that I see in my mind right now, is there are so many games being played, and everyone is traveling, it's so hard to stay healthy during that time and stay away from this. Because who knows? What if, what if the Philadelphia locker room or clubhouse, whatever you want to call it, right now has that issue? 
and you know you have another team like the Mets, the Yankees, whoever else that's going to come in there, and then they end up getting it, then they go to another stadium, they give it to another team, and then it just spreads. That's the biggest issue right now, in my mind. But, strictly talking, you know, just baseball as a sport in general, it's another one of those sports where I don't think it's as high risk as the NBA, just being around other players, but the the locker room issue, especially with the Marlins right now, because this came out a few hours ago, this is the biggest issue right now. So if we can keep that contained, who knows? You know, because if Miami has to postpone you know, the rest of their season, what's that going to do for the rest of the teams that we're going to play them? You just give them wins? Do you, you know, end it in ties? Like, how how do you figure out how to, you know, go about putting together a playoff bracket per sorts, if you will? You know, and that's, and that's you know, the biggest issue with the MLB right now. Moving on to some other NFL news... At the time, last week, or it was about a week and a half ago, I proposed my Washington Redskin team names change. They have officially changed their name. They are the, drumroll please, Washington football team. Yes, that is correct. They have merch coming out. Please go buy it because that is absolutely hilarious. I'm still a little upset that it's not the Washington George Washingtons. I thought that was really great. Or the Corey in the House theme team there. That would have been absolutely fantastic as well. But the Washington football team. Take of that what you will. I really have nothing else to say about it. It's just news. I'm reporting it, and I think it is absolutely hilarious. Now, the last little bit of NFL news here that came out. So, the NFL does their top 100 players every year. It's it's a joke. Honestly, in my mind, I think it's a joke. It's just a way to get people talking about football and whatnot. They say it's, you know, voted on by the players. I don't think that's true. It's always the same people at the top every year. Things change up a little bit. But one person, you know, you know nobody really takes it seriously. I don't think, not, not too seriously. But there was one player who really had got kind of under his skin where he was placed, and that is the Chargers receiver Keenan Allen. Now, I really like Keenan Allen. I had him on my fantasy team last year. He did pretty good for me there. But <laughs> Keenan Allen was ranked number 77, the 77th best player in the NFL, and he took quite a bit of offense to that. He went on Twitter, and he had a whole debacle there on, hey, I am better. This is what he said. He goes, okay, I'm tired of biting my tongue. Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the list goes on, are not a better receiver than me, faster than me, every day of the week, but separation. Child, please. End quote. Now, Ken Allen put that on Twitter. Mike Evans responded saying, hey, man, no, <laughs> you're, you're wrong. There's just no way you're you're better than me. You know, Tyreek, I don't know if he put anything out. But 
you know, I it's it's hard because you can you can look at these guys on paper and then you look at them on the field because I think there's a very big difference. You know, you look at any top five, top ten receiver list right now, and not a lot of people have Keenan Allen on it. But if you look at the last three seasons here, Keenan Allen leads all three of these guys, considered to be the best on their team, respectively. Keenan Allen, over the last three seasons, has a little over 300 receptions, 444 targets, and 3,788 yards with 18 touchdowns. Mike Evans follows closely behind with 224 receptions with almost 400 targets and 3,600 receiving yards and 21 touchdowns. Now, Tyreek Hill follows them behind as well with a little over 200 receptions but 35 100 receiving yards and 26 touchdowns. And that is insane. And Chris Godwin then, who who Keenan also brought up, these are just the four that, that are being talked about, has 179 receptions and 2,700 yards and 17 touchdowns, which is which is insane. Chris Godwin is a fantastic player. And I think he his his ceiling is so much higher than people think it is. But on paper, yeah. Keenan Allen probably has the better stat line there. I mean, just looking at it, you see that. But I go onto the field. I can't I can't say that he's a better receiver than a guy like Tyreek Hill. I just can't say that. I you know, and I'm not even a fan of either one of these teams. So I'm not I'm not trying to throw any bias anywhere because I can't. I can't say that Keenan Allen is better than Tyreek Hill. Maybe Keenan's route running is a little bit sharper. Maybe he's a bit more refined. But if I'm looking for big play ability, he's not the guy that I want. I want the guy that's going to run 50 yards past his defender and get wide open. And it's also hard to say that Keenan is better, especially when he's getting over 100 more targets than Tyreek has over the last three seasons. Because who else is, you know, catching balls for the Chargers right now other than Keenan Allen? Tyrell Williams? You know, all those tight end issues that they're having? But you look at the Chiefs, you can go all the way down to the depth chart and you still have Byron Pringle at like the five spot. So, I don't, I just can't put Keenan Allen over a guy like Tyreek Hill or even Mike Evans for that matter especially you know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both have had to put up with Jameis Winston over the last few seasons and they're still producing so I do think Keenan is is a good is he elite not in my mind not yet I don't think he's reached his peak especially with a guy like Justin Herbert coming in that I think is really going to help this team. But I can't put him in that elite tier yet. Not with a guy like Tyreek Hill. Maybe Mike Evans is breaching that elite tier. He's pretty close. He's closer than Keenan in my mind. At least on the field play-wise. And I think that's the most important. Because you can throw out every stat in the world. But if you can't produce and perform on Sundays, Saturdays, 
Friday nights, you know, however young you are playing football, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You got to be good on the field. That's all that I have to say about that. Keenan Allen, I don't want to say that you were wrong, but to say that you're the best receiver in the AFC West over a guy like Tyreek Hill, I can't, I just can't agree with you. I can't can't agree with him on that. In some other football news, transitioning now to the K-State side of things, K-State football got a massive commit for the 2021 season. Now, I'm going to try and pronounce his name correctly here. I haven't heard it out loud, so I'm going to do my best. I believe it's Gavin Hazelhorst, Hazelhorst, out of, yes sir, Hayes America here in Hayes, Kansas. Out of Hayes High School, you know, one of the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One of the best places on earth. 6'1", 230, runs a 4540. He cleaned, I believe it was 315, three times. And that was a video on Twitter that I kind of saw getting thrown around, you know, the K-State and, you know, catch it Kansas kind of football type crowd there. But this dude, keep your eye out. Remember the name. Because this guy, I've, I've watched his highlights. You can find him online. He's quick off the ball. He's fast. He's physical. And he, most importantly, he's just great with his hands. He knows how to not get caught up by some tackle who just wants to lock onto him. And his speed helps him with that as well. But his ability to use his hands and not get caught by an offensive lineman, I think, is his biggest strength right now. Even though he's still a junior in high school, I think that if you just keep your eye out for this guy, I don't know if he'll make an impact right away. Granted, I don't know what the rest of the Kansas State defensive line, you know, depth chart is looking like right now. But he will make an impact. I can guarantee you that. Gavin Hazelhorst. Gavin Hazelhorst, sorry. Out of Hayes, Kansas, Hayes High School, this guy, keep your eye out. Keep your eye out for this guy. In some other Kansas State news, Kansas State football news, Skylar Thompson, because I talked about uh, Josh Youngblood, and I talked about Wyatt Hubert last week getting put up on some award lists watch list type stuff. Skylar Thompson was put on some watch lists, and they're two pretty big ones. I believe it's the Werfel Award. He was put on that watch list, which, for those of you who don't know, I had to look it up. I'd never heard of this award. It's essentially for impacting your community as well as outstanding play on the field, you know, community service types, you know, stuff like that, which is a big, which is a big honor, especially for a guy like that. But the big one here is the Maxwell Award watch list. Now, the Maxwell Award is one of the highest, I think, you know, awards that a football player can get aside from the Heisman, which goes to the most outstanding football player in the nation. And he he is on the watch list for this, and I think that's huge. I think Skyler's going to have a big year. I know Jesse Ertz talked about him a few weeks ago when I had him on the show. I think Skyler's going to have a big year. I think the way that he's... I really think he's gotten better over the last few years. He's He's been starting. He's been getting the reps. He's played in a bowl game now. I think that he 
he's due to really good year. And I talked about how I think the season's going to go, especially for the Big 12 as a whole last week, but I think Skyler is going to have a great year. I think he's earned it. He's due to have a great year. Now all he has to do is go out and perform. Like I just said, go out and show him on the field. Go do it. The other guy who got put up for an award watch list is little old 5'5", Blake Lynch. You got to love the guy. He's on the Lou Groza Award watch list, which is the best kicker in college football. And this guy, this guy deserves that as well. I mean, you saw what he did against Oklahoma. I really think that he was one of the biggest, the biggest, you know, game changers against that Oklahoma team last season. He made three, I believe three field goals, maybe four field goals. That was huge in that in that win there. But Blake Lynch also on the watch list. Another guy who I definitely think has league potential. We'll just have to see what happens. Who knows? Who knows? In other K-State news, this was just something that I wanted to bring up. You know, I think that we're going to have college football. I think, you know, we're going to have college football. We're going to have college volleyball, you know, all those, all those fall sports. And that is exciting. I, I, I really believe that we're going to, I really believe that we're going to have them. I really do. And if we don't, who knows? I, I don't think that we're going to have fans in the stands. I would be a little surprised if we did, we'd all have to wear masks. I know some other, you know, NFL teams, you know, whoever else, they're saying that they'll allow fans, but you have to be wearing a mask or you won't be allowed into the stadium at all. I don't know if that's enough, but as far as sports go, I think we're going to have fall sports. You know, we've been, we've been, I, I've been on the fence back and forth throughout this entire process over the last month and a half since, you know, everything just drastically got worse all of a sudden. And then started to get better. I think now that we're getting close to that time when things are going to be starting back up, I really think that there is a very good possibility that we're going to have college football, college volleyball, all these fall sports. I think we're going to have them. I'm not going to completely stand by that statement because I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, postponed stuff or moved it into the spring. But as of right now, seeing how things are developing, we still have a few weeks to go yet, but I think that we will have fall sports. But don't quote me on it, please. So that was the last thing that I kind of wanted to bring up. Thank you all for tuning in. Once again, I am your host, Colin Settle. Join the Facebook page at Settling Score. Follow us on Twitter at Score Settling. Follow me on Twitter at Colin Settling. Thank you all once again for tuning in. We will see you next time.